0: $25 each.
1: Visit concert concertweek to buy
0: now. That's concert concertweek to buy now. When you think about the
1: future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all.
2: Join Graham Class as he hosts season two of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming
3: From UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now, or learn the stuff they don't want you to know.
1: Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt.
2: And I'm Ben, and we are joined as always by our super producer, Noel the AT-Alien Brown.
1: Oh yeah, the AT-Alien. A little outcast in here this uh, this afternoon. So, ladies and gentlemen, today we are going all the way out to Utah. As many of you know, we're located here in Atlanta, Georgia. And the reason we're going out to Utah is because there are some things that happen when you're out in a a large, open area, like many of the places in Utah, that you, you might see something in the sky. You might see something that you don't really see on the ground that you can't explain. That's the reason we're going out there, because there is one particular place that that some of these things tend to happen, Ben, and we've been getting lots and lots of people on Twitter, on Facebook, all over the place saying, you guys have to cover this location.
2: Right, yeah, we've uh, checked out a lot of the YouTube comments. I've seen this stuff on uh, Facebook and Twitter asking us to cover something that is legally known as the Sherman Ranch. As Matt said, it is located in a place called Unitaw County, about 480 acres of ranch land, uh, a little bit southeast of a place called Ballard, Utah. But you perhaps know it better by its more famous Internet moniker, Skinwalker Ranch.
1: Oh, yeah. And out here, there are all kinds of alleged things that happen from cattle mutilations, to ufo sightings of various kinds lights in the sky sometimes stuff that happens closer to the ground
2: sure you'll also hear uh you'll also hear other anecdotes about uh so-called sensing a presence uh telepathic intrusions poltergeist stuff again all anecdotal but before we dive into that oh and that's what we're doing by the way yes ladies (laughs) and gentlemen spoiler alert we're looking at some of the fact and fiction here now matt you like you hate this stuff?
1: No, no, I do not hate this stuff. I just want it to be real, and I want someone to capture something. And when it's just a human being, most of the research I've done on this—you've done the bulk of it—but a lot of the research I've done on this is just a person talking to another person like this and telling a story about what they've experienced.
2: Okay. Well, I didn't mean to pigeonhole you by saying you hate it.
1: No, uh, no, no. I certainly don't hate it. I, 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 I really like the ideas. But okay. It, it it hurts me intellectually when someone is trying to convince me mm-hmm. so hard mm-hmm. that this thing happened but they have absolutely zero empirical evidence
2: or yeah zero uh zero universally accepted evidence. Okay, sure. is probably a good way to sure. qualify that. So that's what we're going to do today ladies and gentlemen. We're going to catch you up on a little bit of 101 about Skinwalker Ranch or the real name the Sherman Ranch mm-hmm. and then we're ultimately going to end on asking you the same questions, and maybe if we're lucky, somebody in or around Ballard, Utah, will give us the skinny—the stuff they don't want you to know about this location. So let's look at the history, Matt. The uh, the history of this, at least as far as the paper trail goes, is relatively recent in comparison to other, um, you know, so-called hot spots for this kind of activity. The first documented reports about the Sherman Ranch are found in a publication called the Utah Deseret News. Uh, it's out of Salt Lake City. This was written by a guy named Zach Van Eyck in, or E-Y-C-K, mm-hmm. uh, not, no relation to David, around 1996, and that yeah. wasn't the only time it was mentioned.
1: That's right. So we were out here, you know, exploring the Olympics that year, and uh, out there on the other side, there's some crazy stuff going down at the Sherman Ranch. Now, this was uh, later mentioned in Las Vegas Mercury. This was also mentioned several times by George Knapp. I believe George Knapp is a person who wrote in the Mercury.
2: Yeah, he was a host of a show that I personally really enjoy. I don't know about you called Coast to Coast AM, which we have mentioned briefly before on this, on this show. Uh, so yeah, the, uh, this guy doesn't just write a couple things uh he really digs in and makes this uh something identifiable with him which as we'll learn is going to be important later however if you are to believe the unofficial histories of uh, i think there's a retired school teacher and then there's a retired military official of some sort uh if you're to believe their stories then uh reports of cattle mutilation in this area this rough area go back for decades at least and Allegedly, or at least we'll see how much of this is true. Allegedly, these stories tie into something much, much older.
1: That's right. The legend of skinwalkers. This is really cool stuff here. This is kind of this is the stuff that you were really interested in. Right. This because this falls into the folklore area where you've got Native American groups who believe that there is this thing called a skinwalker, which is essentially a shape changer. There are a lot of different types of these. We've talked about uh, lycanthropy a lot in in past episodes about werewolves. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of kind of similar to that, with a couple important differences. One of the biggest ones is that the skinwalker can choose to change shape, rather than having the moon kind of affect their change. Right. So, uh, the full moon doesn't have anything to do with it. The skinwalker just goes. Okay, it's time. Change. Uh, the skinwalker can also change into any animal, given whatever circumstance they find themselves in, such as, uh, let's say they've got the pelt of a wolf, just to use the lycanthropy example. They can then change into the wolf, but then you can use any other interchangeable animal there, uh, a bear even. Sure,
2: yeah, and this this is a common across various different uh Native American groups in Navajo folklore, for instance, which is where this pops up most often or at least in the, in the modern West. This is most strongly associated with Navajo. A skinwalker is a kind of witch known as a Yshi. The idea here is similar to some European folklore regarding lycanthropes because lycanthropes in the older medieval stuff, and then, uh, well, you can listen to the entire episode we've done on lycanthropy, but quick and dirty version for you here. Uh, sometimes in different periods of the past, people who were thought of as werewolves were also thought of as witches. It's kind of like the old analogy about puzzles and mazes, because not all puzzles are mazes, but all mazes are puzzles. So not all witches are skinwalkers, which is a kind of witch, but all skinwalkers are witches.
1: So most of these witches are men, and they gain their powers through some kind of dark act. Uh, women can also be these witches, but only childless women, uh, at least only childless women, can be this sort of witch. And, and some of these dark acts would be the murder of a blood relative. That's pretty heinous, uh, breaking some kind of serious cultural taboo or part- participating in some kind of perversion of these Navajo traditional rituals.
2: Right. This would be the cultural equivalent of celebrating a black mass or going to uh, a witch's Sabbath. The the one of the differences here between the skinwalker and the modern interpretation of the lycanthrope is that. This is not a situation where someone could accidentally become a skinwalker because they were bitten by a skinwalker. This is a conscious decision or this is the direct consequence of doing something unholy. The ones who murder a blood relative, a child, a parent, a sibling, uh, they are the ones who would get the, the most, uh, who would become the most powerful. And some versions of this, as we said, are found in many Native American cultures, not just the Navajo. The Aztec have the Nahuatl, uh, that's a human being able to transform into an animal physically or spiritually. And then there's the Chilean, Chilean or
1: Argentinian chonchon. Now that's the folklore background of what a skinwalker is. Uh, as we continue our our delve into what the Skinwalker Ranch is, we're gonna find that it isn't necessarily related to this in particular, but there are, there are things relating to aliens also that will come into this extraterrestrials and possibly this idea that there is some kind of supernatural entity that exists somewhere on this land.
2: You know, uh, spo- spoiler alert, slight spoiler alert, I, I love that you said, uh, that you went out and said, extraterrestrials or aliens because as we'll find, that's something that the researchers uh that was one of their big pet peeves. Uh but I think it's I think it's fair to say that the vast majority of people who were following the developing story did believe it was extraterrestrial related.
1: Exactly. It was one of their big pet peeves, but it gets into some of the things that a couple other characters were about to find out. Mm -hmm. Uh, It gets into the future worlds that they get involved with. So uh, let's continue on here.
2: Sure. OK, so as we said, the ranch was brought to the public eye largely due to the efforts of this journalist named George Knapp, who was then host of a radio show called Coast to Coast AM, which is a, a great listen if you get a chance.
1: It's really great. You you might recognize the name George Nori currently or Art Bell uh, for the host of that show. George Knapp is pretty great. He I think he hosts on the weekends or Couple Sundays every mm-hmm. once in a while.
2: And, uh, as he reported on the bizarre alleged occurrences from this ranch, the publicity caught the attention of an entrepreneur named Robert Bigelow, who you might also recognize as the founder of a company called Bigelow Aerospace.
1: Ah, interesting. Bigelow Aerospace. They, they specialize in trying to create these, uh, not really rooms, but Capsules where humans can do things in space. Right. Along with Richard Branson and to a lesser degree, Elon Musk, mm-hmm.
2: the, he's one of the people pushing. He's one of the big parts or at least Bigelow Aerospace was one of the big parts of the privatized space exploration industry.
1: Terminix it.
2: Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today.
1: That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Pretty interesting there. So Bigelow bought this ranch in 1995 and he hired another gentleman named Colm Kelleher, who is a molecular biologist, and he brought him on to head up the team of PhDs who are going to investigate this place. He uh, He called the group the National Institute for Discovery Science, or
2: NIDS. Mm-hmm. Here's what they did. The group monitored the ranch for 24 hours a day, and they were scouting for unusual phenomenon or anomalies. According to Kelleher, and this is as told by Brian Dunning from Skeptoid, they never came back with any incontrovertible physical evidence. Well, they collected a lot of they collected a lot of video and some audio, but as we know, that stuff can be a little bit like a Rorschach test. They did, however, see occasional cattle mutilations and floating lights. And let's let's take a second to address this because a lot of you guys out there are probably wondering why I just said no physical evidence and then mentioned cattle mutilations and the problem here is really one of interpretation to people who believe that mutilations must be some sort of proof of the paranormal or a cryptid uh or you know a human being changing shape and eating cattle uh that that is sort of looking for an answer one expects a confirmation bias but to uh people who consider themselves skeptics whether they actually are or not, which mm-hmm. is an important distinction, uh, these these attacks are within the bounds of normal predation, meaning that a a regular predator common in the area might attack, or uh, another scavenger might have eaten the the
1: corpse. I'd e- like, even if yeah. they died of of natural causes, the 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 places where cattle mutilation or evidence of cattle mutilation is shown is usually in the face and or the hindquarters. Right. And this is something that I think on Discovery Channel, when we were there. It, we discussed this several times about how that's the, those are the entrances to the soft tissues mm-hmm. in cattle. Right. You, you're not going to go through the tough outer skin. Uh, if you're, let's say, I don't know, insects that are eating away at a carcass or even vultures eating away at a carcass or a fox, anything of that nature, even micro, microbes. They're mm-hmm. attacking those two ends.
2: Right. Right. And, uh, I'd like to do, uh, um... Well, we'll see if I get to, but I'd like to do an episode on cattle mutilations sure. in the future because it, it, it's a pretty interesting topic, especially when you get to uh, the people who study different types of ways that cattle are attacked, which mm-hmm. is, which is fascinating, but very grisly. So that's what they were looking at. They were primarily looking for uh, unexplained phenomenon or anomalies. They were not looking for someone Changing shape and attacking human beings.
1: Yeah, that's why I kind of mentioned at the beginning that the Skinwalker Ranch doesn't really seem to have that much to do with the the folklore side of what a Skinwalker is. Um, really beyond the name.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and critics will allege this was largely a marketing ploy to call it the Skinwalker Ranch rather than the Sherman Ranch. And and sure, there's a there's inarguably. Uh, a, a vivid image captured there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the book, you know, Knapp, George Knapp and Colm Kelleher went on to publish a book called Hunt for the Skinwalker, but this focused mainly on UFO sightings, not on any supposed supernatural being. And really, again, a UFO is not does not necessitate an alien it simply no. means unidentified you can read some great quotes with Callahan saying that uh what they're trying to do is turn as many unidentified sightings into identified objects which i thought was fair but also you know you can read criticism of the way uh NIDS the National Institute for
1: Discovery Science conducted their research maybe that's a story for another day I would say if you're interested in some of their studies and some of the reports they put out, uh, Ben, you sent me a link to the Wayback Machine to their website. And if you're interested, I recommend going to archive.org, using that Wayback Machine and checking out NIDS.
2: Right. Yeah. The Wayback Machine is a super useful tool, especially for websites that are no longer active. Spoiler alert, NIDS is one of them. Uh, this, this also is a good time for us to mention other, um, other alleged things uh George Knapp has come out before and said that the family that was living there before Robert Bigelow purchased the property uh were they moved within just like 30 months of living there because of heightened paranormal activity and we're we're talking about stuff like Going home, putting groceries up in the kitchen, walking out for a second, and then walking hearing a tremendous crash, mm-hmm. walking back to see everything thrown away from the, the out of the cabinets, right, and crockery broken and whatnot.
1: yeah, allegedly
2: so let's go and look uh, closer though, at the criticism or the response uh, for these claims.
1: Sure, so the first big one with that with the family dealing with you know lots of paranormal activity. Um we there is no record of the family actually saying this, right?
2: well, at least according to what I could find, there was not anything from the Sherman's going on record and saying that there's plenty of other people saying they said that, okay, uh, but I wasn't able to find anything where that was clearly them saying something like that went down. Uh, I would love to uh, hear back from anybody who has a link. You can find me on the uh, conspiracy
1: stuff, Facebook and Twitter. And I'm, I'm sure it really didn't hurt that Mr. Bigelow showed up and was like, hey, I would really like to buy a ranch. Here's lots of money.
2: Right. Yeah. And, and they have never also, to be fair, they've never come out and said, there was nothing like that. We're just into money. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is understandable, but they have not said that. So the concept of skinwalkers explored in our earlier lycanthropy episode, uh, which, again, is I don't know how you feel, Matt, but is one that I thought we did a pretty good job on uh, mm-hmm. there. There is a genuine clinical condition, a genuine clinical lycanthropy in which people do believe they're transforming to an into an animal. And sometimes it's because of some cultural transgression, breaking a taboo, feeling guilty. But. As we mentioned in that earlier show, uh, because you believe that you are transforming yes. into a creature does not mean that you physically are transforming into a creature. It can make you a more dangerous person, but a person nonetheless. So we, we came up with some speculative answers for why these sort of skinwalker, lycanthropy, where jaguar and other kind of myths came from,
1: right? Oh yeah. One of the big ones was looking at and a a person that was doing things that were so horrible, you couldn't attribute, or it was very difficult to attribute those actions to a human being. So the thought was that perhaps there is something else going on here. This isn't just a hu a man killing his family or killing eight families or something like that. This must be some kind of wolf spirit or animal spirit embodying this human. So it may just be that serial killers. Mm-hmm. That this was attributed to them back in the day, or even just someone who went on a rampage one time.
2: Right. Yeah. One of the cases that we look at, one of the most famous cases in that kind of literature is that of a fellow named Peter Stumpf. Uh, and Peter Stumpf was confessed to numerous crimes, many of which sound a little bit exaggerated, to be honest. Uh, so w- we do know that while he was incarcerated, despite eventually being executed for the crime of lycanthropy, he never managed to change into a wolf, despite the phases of the moon that went, you know, went around during his incarceration. So we we know that pretty much the not just uh, skeptics or people who confuse themselves for skeptics, but pretty much everybody admits that no
1: one has seen a person transform into an animal. Uh, uh, yeah, besides on the big screen or small right, screen. Right, right, right. So then in 1996, along comes this gentleman named James Randi that we've discussed several times on this show. Uh, he gave Robert Bigelow one of his self-made <laughs> Pegasus Awards. You may be familiar with these. Um, it's it's kind of an insult,
2: Right. Yeah. It's kind of like a Darwin Award, yeah. uh, which I believe Randy gives. I don't know too much about it, but uh it's not a good thing to win it. It's like a Razzie or a Darwin Award. Razzies are for terrible movies. Mm-hmm. Darwin is for people who are unfortunate enough to die in what could be seen as a stupid way.
4: Uh, so, yeah, he,
1: he gave Bigelow one of these for buying the ranch, um, <laughs> which he said was absolutely useless.
2: Yeah, he, he said that it was a useless study. You may recognize Randy, that's R-E-N-D-I, uh, instead of a Y. You may recognize him from a uh, thing we mentioned much earlier. I mean, he's, he's, uh, a man of great standing, so you probably, if you're listening to this show, you've heard of him before, but he, uh, also famously had a, uh, a running contest or i guess challenge where he said if someone could present claims or provable things of any any kind of paranormal psychic or supernatural events of so anything from a ghost to clairvoyance or telepathy he would give them 1 million dollars that yeah. study is currently no longer running which you know is is kind of a bummer but i get it it's probably expensive to maintain it uh for the record according to him no one ever beat it uh some of his critics said that it was um unfair, but also you know, I also I have <laughs> I have not signed up for it, nor do I know anyone <laughs> who has. So I I don't know what the actual process is, but apparently it's very transparent and you can check some of that out on his various websites.
1: Yeah, you can find videos as well all over the internets of people attempting and failing to to do that. Um t- to be fair i I in previous episodes, I really held James Randy up in this light that he was this beacon of truth and like things that I really enjoyed, but I don't know the more of these videos i watch i'm I'm a little nervous saying this, but I feel like maybe he's kind of a jerk well
2: the I guess the the best way the most fair way to say something like that is that uh human beings, right? Or emotional mm-hmm. creatures and being creatures that are want to classify the world into an us versus them. Uh, people can readily become antagonistic toward anything that they see as different. And, and I understand. I completely agree with on, on a personal level and guys, this is just my opinion. I completely agree with someone who wants to, Remove the danger of a con artist, a charlatan, or a swindler uh, from from the world, because it's true that that people have been taken advantage of numerous times by someone claiming to speak with the dead, and the dead just happen to want you to give them money, right? Yeah. Uh, that that does happen. Uh, however, as anybody who has taken a psychology course ever or maybe read a book or maybe really listen to someone once or twice <laughs> as anybody who has ever done. One of those three things knows the way to persuade people. If you really care, if you really give enough of a, well, we're a family mm-hmm. show. So I'll say crap. If, if it matters to you that someone sees A truth, right? Or someone sees an error of the ways, then there has to be an amount of empathy involved. There's a reason that yelling at people, bullying them, calling them names never gets them to say, Oh, you have been rude enough to me or abused me enough that I think. Uh you are right. And Star Trek The Next Generation is better. Or whatever. <laughs> I know like it doesn't really matter what the actual content of the of the argument process is, because it's about the process, not about the content. That being said, I think he's done the world a great service. I think it is an unfortunate error, however, on the part of a lot of other people who like me are are, are fans of some of this guy's work. It it's just an unfortunate and just tragic error to Use the excuse that people believe in something you don't believe in, especially if it's wrong and you could help them to use as an excuse to bully someone or, or to mock them. You know, like I, I don't go to someone who believes something that I think is, um, foolish, especially if they're not hurting anybody to yell at them or to deride them so that, my some some part of my neural mechanism gets a little bit of a high off of Mm -hmm. persecuting the other. That's a sad thing. And, you know, I'd love to hear uh, what you think about this, listeners, because ultimately the emphasis should be on finding the truth, not making people feel like garbage. True. Yeah, that's a rant. Sorry, that's a rant. And I and I don't want people to you know, vilify James Randi. I've never met him personally. And again, I think that saving innocent people from someone who would take advantage of them is is a noble thing to do. But that, oh, sure, sure. that's so far away. That has that very little to do with the uh, the Pegasus Awards, which we we had to include <sighs> because it's it's a pretty it's a pretty funny pun. And I'd love to see uh, other people who or other organizations who are rewarded this. I wonder what his criteria is.
1: But like we said earlier, one of the other things that they studied here at the ranch were these glowing lights that kept being reported. And there are numerous attempts to explain this phenomenon. What what the heck is going on there? Most of these were hinging on some of the the more mundane uh, explanations, like an aircraft that would be going by with lights that are flashing or some kind mm-hmm. of gas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've heard a lot of these things before.
2: Yeah, meteorological phenomenon. Yeah, it's it's weird because – you will hear these reports of glowing orbs, right? Uh, that's something that frequently happens. And these have been explained before as, I, I mean, to paraphrase Beauty and the Beast, it's a tale as old as time. Reports of Will of the Wisps go back decades and decades and decades, mm-hmm. decades and centuries. Well, the fact of the matter is that as far as mainstream science goes, including in many cases the the team at NIDS that was investigating this uh there are there is a wealth of possible explanations for these things uh, none of which are necessarily extraterrestrial and and these guys have said before in their interviews that they weren't necessarily out to find finger quotes or air quotes aliens they were they were trying to find some sort of explanation for this but no one has come up with an instance of one of these alleged glowing lights that could not be explained by something else, or even more importantly, that could be explained by something outside of the bounds of regular science, which, you know, makes me wish that Jonathan were here because this is one of his favorite hobby horses to ride, right? Oh yeah.
1: He would get on this horse and, oh man. You wouldn't see him again for a week, <laughs> right? <laughs>
2: uh, so you know, I, I love that you point out it could be airplanes in the distance because that that tells us uh, that tells us something interesting that we go into in our video series that also came out this week, which was great. You mentioned at the top, Matt, that it was interesting to you that Bigelow was investigating this stuff and also uh, founding an aerospace company.
1: Oh yeah. An aerospace company out there near Las Vegas, which I don't know. He's at least interested in going to space, right? Mm-hmm. And if if he wants to do more research in that realm and he wants to take human beings eventually mm-hmm. to space, I don't know. He I, I'm I'm interested in this gentleman's uh, that maybe the things that he wouldn't release to the press, that he wouldn't give out an official press release, some of his beliefs. Right. I want to sit down with this dude and and talk to him one day. I'm not a millionaire, so I don't know if that's ever going <laughs> right. to happen, but uh, I, one can dream. Yeah, who knows?
2: One can always dream, right? I, I want to take it a step further. This is something we talked about, you and I have talked about numerous times off the air, which is that... Many, many of the UFO reports from a few decades earlier turned out to be uh, top secret aircraft that the U.S. was testing. And for that time, they were doing phenomenal things that were just far beyond easily a decade beyond public technology. We're talking about uh, craft that could fly across the United States in less than half the time that it would take a normal or a a publicly known aircraft. So it's completely possible that some of these things that are being seen are actually aircraft being tested, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. And especially in the late 90s like that, Mm -hmm. man, the tech was – we may not even know some of the things that were being developed at that time. I mean, honestly, we, we may not know yet.
2: Right, like when everybody found out that stealth helicopters exist, (laughs) because (laughs) one
1: crashed. (laughs) Wait, what?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so, so it's completely possible just because there isn't any evidence at this point that it's something supernatural doesn't mean that there is not, um, there's not secrecy afoot. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Uh, and at this point, if we sum it up, if we sum up Skinwalker Ranch, then as near as we could find, it seems that the investigations of NIDS, uh, which disbanded, uh, the investigations of NIDS bore little in the way of inarguable evidence, at least in the case of Sherman or Skinwalker Ranch.
1: And, and like I said earlier, you're going to hear anecdotes. If you just type in Skinwalker Ranch into any search bar, you're going to find all kinds of fun anecdotes that make me it takes me back to my X-Files days where I just want to go, oh, man, I love this. This is so cool. Hopefully, there's some kind of shred of evidence that I can hang my beliefs on. Mm-hmm. But you're really not going to find it. They they, did, they didn't find any kind of body or unidentified animal. They could explain these the cattle mutilations that they were looking into. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, they didn't make any video that would satisfactorily show some kind of uh, this inexplicable light that they kept talking about that would just, I, it just, it's, it's so disappointing to me, Ben.
2: Yeah, I get it. And there's a quote that I'd like to pull from an AMA and ask me anything thread that, uh, that George Knapp participated in on Reddit. Uh, this, this response, uh, when, when he was asked why, I, I can't exactly remember, but I, I think he was asked, about Skinwalker Ranch what his experiences were like, because he went there numerous times, mm-hmm. right? And he was asked about um, in some very polite way about evidence or lack thereof. And he said that he felt at times there was some sort of intelligence that seemed aware of things and was one step ahead of everybody. And if And this is a huge, gargantuan, Mm -hmm. Purple Mountains of Majesty size. If there is something bizarre afoot at Skinwalker Ranch, it has yet to be proven. Unless, of course, there's something,
0: I guess, the ranch or whatever powers (laughs) behind it don't want us to know.
1: Terminix it.
2: Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today.
1: That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Yeah, that that idea of an intelligent being that is doing all of these things. It's behind the mutilations, it's behind the lights. I I love it. The kid in me loves it. And one day, hopefully, it will be proven by the third wave of researchers that go and stay at the Sherman Ranch. One day. Perhaps. <laughs> uh, so what
2: what do you think about these stories about Skinwalker Ranch? Is this just a bunch of hooey? Is there something genuinely strange and disturbing going on? And I know these uh I know this will probably be a, a, a bit of a divisive topic for us uh because I, I think this stuff is fascinating, and I, I love seeing there is some sort of explanation. And if you have to speculate, that's fine too. Let us know what you think it could possibly be. Uh, if you all are, are like me, um, profoundly disappointed that people don't actually turn into animals, whether <laughs> whether through some horrible transgression or some dark rite then uh let me know about that, too. We can both complain together online. <laughs> you can find me on Facebook. I do the Facebook and I do the Twitter here. Uh, and you can see a lot of stories I find that don't typically – make it onto the air or on the news. Matt and I are both into uncaught serial killers and just for an example, one of the recent stories that we posted as we're recording this uh, involves a possible uncaught serial killer in a small town in Ohio. Uh, So do visit us at facebook.com forward slash conspiracy stuff
1: to uh, check that out. And then I, oh, oh wait, uh, Ben, that freaking sound is back again. It can only mean one thing. It must be our moment with Noel.
2: Hello. Hey. Hey, Noel. How's it going, man? It's
3: going okay. How are you guys?
2: Doing all right. Good. Doing all right. Good. Uh, so question for you, and, I, sure. and you might have some questions too. Uh, if you could just at will transform into an animal, uh-huh. any animal, what would, what would it be? Oh, uh, any, any? um I guess we should qualify, any non-fictional fictional animals. So no, like, dragons, which yeah. is clearly the best
1: one. No
3: Final Fantasy summons. You know, my answer might surprise you, Ben, because you, you you know about me that I, I hate and slash am terrified of birds. Right,
2: yes. But that really? just
3: seems like the most obvious go-to <laughs> thing, because it would be, you know, for transportation alone, you uh-huh. wouldn't have to book flights anymore. You could just, you know, turn into an eagle and... Go to the yeah. Keys or whatever. You Could know, be some pretty long flights, though. I know, but you'd get used to
2: it, right? I guess, yeah, I guess it depends on what kind of bird you would be. Like, would you be a migratory bird? Would you be a frigate bird? I believe they're the ones that can stay in air for days at a time.
1: But yeah, 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 but, one of those.
2: Uh-huh. But they're terrible on the ground. Yeah, they're pretty bad. Well, you don't have to be a bird on the ground. You turn back into a, a person. Oh, good call, oh. good call. It is that well. What about you, Matt?
1: Oh, gosh. I would I would probably go with small, small fox. Mm. The small fox? Yeah, just a tiny little fox. That's cool, man. I, I just want to make videos. I would set up a camera, turn into a small fox, make uh-huh. little fox sounds for the video, like turn back into human, stop the recording, and then upload it to YouTube. Take over YouTube. Yeah, bro. man.
3: That would be great. Uh, you got to watch out for those uh, old rich dudes on horseback wearing the red coats. And- <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah, you're yeah, right, yeah. Fox though. Hunt. Okay, I that changed my mind. Makes me think of Invisibles.
2: Yes. So... Uh, so I, I don't know what, which one I would be. It's such a, such a big choice. I guess it'd be kind of cool to be a whale, but, uh, I huh. don't know. I don't know if I have the voice for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I asked my, asked my, uh, girlfriend recently and without hesitation. She was like, a house cat. I would turn into a cat. Just- I said, what would you do? And she said, I would learn secrets. <laughs> which, is, which is a great answer, but Dude. I completely don't understand that. And it makes me not trust cats. What would
3: you do as a, as a whale?
2: As a whale? Yeah. I don't like. Just hang out. Swim around and I guess talk trash. Would to... you be a large whale or like? <laughs> I, a... Probably, man. If you're mm-hmm. going to go whale, go yeah. full whale. Okay. Don't go eight and a half yards, you okay. know? That's... I don't know, man. <laughs> the more I think about it, the more whale seems like a, a lame answer. Uh, maybe. I don't know. A bird would be cool. I always, re- you know, you know this about, mm-hmm. about me guys. Like I've gone through a period where I really want to befriend corvids like crows or ravens because they're so very intelligent mm-hmm. and you can teach them to recognize you and they'll teach their young to recognize you. Um But I think I just want to hang with them. I want to be like their token human.
1: I don't right. want to. You don't think they crow. would pick on you? Like, I feel like crows would just hate me. Why is that, man? You're really good with, I mean, you're good with people. I just, assume it goes to birds. Just because I'm not, I don't know, I'm not a crow, man. I think they would just, they would rag on me all day would write jokes. Because, you know, there's some kind of Bill Burr crow or raven, <laughs> and he's the one that I would end up hanging out with. The, the Bill Burr. <laughs> just rag on me all day.
3: So, so Noel, you would be an eagle, huh? You know, I'd have to give it some more thought. That's just the first thing that comes to mind. Like I said, just if I'm being purely functional about my, yeah. uh, my skin walking yeah i choice. feel like, I
2: feel like yeah. flight would be a little bit better than than swimming too right and and whales are incredibly intelligent, but you know
3: you're kind of limited in what you can do. you're also a pretty big target, you know
2: oh, that's right, yeah did you know uh Japan is going to unilaterally begin its whaling program again? Whee! so maybe poor timing on my part, huh. Mm. Too soon. All right. Well, you know what? Let's check back in next week unless in, unless you've got anything.
3: No, I just uh, – the one thing that I guess I was thinking about is uh, – do you guys both read or watch the Game of Thrones? See? Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. There's the skin changers or whatever in that show. And yeah, the, the, and the wargs. The wargs. And I guess it's not – they're not exactly transforming, but they're sort of inhabiting, mm-hmm. you know, these yeah. totem creatures – I just kind of felt like there had to be a parallel between the terms skin changer and
2: yeah, uh, yeah. That, That would be, you know, that would be at least an influence pretty cool. I don't know, would it be better to have an animal that like you inhabit the body of, or would it be better to change into one? Because if you think about it. The drawback to that kind of thing is you always end up naked at the end. That's true. That does seem
3: really inconvenient.
1: I think the vulnerabilities of changing into an animal, especially if it's a much smaller animal, mm-hmm. I think
3: that's dangerous. So being able to warg into one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. But then evaging. you leave your physical body, you know, if it's unattended, someone could always, you know. Oh, yeah, that's good a dangerous exercise.
2: Maybe I should stick with the ocean so that we have this whole land, air, sea thing okay. going okay. on yeah. for our like, like superhero. Uh, trio.
1: <laughs> a whale, an eagle, and a tiny fox. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I'm still, I'm not sold on whale. Maybe just a shark. Oh, an octopus. Ooh. Oh, man, those things are cool. are yeah, pretty cool. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's a little bit Lovecraftian. Okay guys, (laughs) so let us know, I guess in addition, what kind of animal you would want to transform into. We're just curious. We're just, no one's, no one's getting graded. We're not going to (laughs) be, we're not going to read your email or I won't read your tweet or your Facebook and think that's a dumb animal or whatever. Because let's face it, a a whale was kind of out there. It's not the most practical.
1: Yeah. And who's, who's kidding? The fox. Come on. We we will not judge you at all. (laughs) Very interested though. Because that that really is a childhood thing, right? The idea of being uh, embodying an animal.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Just,
1: oh, from fairy and tales, and pe- as kids, people
2: have animals with which they identify on a spiritual level mm-hmm. too, right? Um, a, a certain spirit animal, maybe a totem of some sort that people worship. Uh, so, yeah, I'd be I'd be interested to hear about that. Oh, what about a spider? What if we just it to a spider? Uh, yeah. Okay. One time, this is... I, I don't know if I ever told you this, and I don't know if it's the right time to say it on air, but just one more thing. One time, I had this, like, recurring dream where I would cut myself, and instead of blood, I would, like, bleed spiders. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and, I, and I found <laughs> out that I was actually a mass of spiders that had, like, stolen someone's skin. Oh. And just... Thought I was a human being. It was trippy, man. That happened inside your head. Yeah, well, it was a dream. It's not real. I'm okay. A, I'm a person. Oh, man, that is. That's horrifying. Yeah, well, uh. Speaking of fantastic segues, it's, I guess it's
1: time for us to head out, huh? That's it. So uh, find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter, let us know about all that stuff. But if you don't want to use any of that social media, you don't want to go to stufftheydon'twantyoutoknow.com because your your fingers hurt mm-hmm. and you just can't type that long of a URL, that's cool. Just write us an email. We are conspiracy at
3: For more on this topic and other unexplained phenomena, visit youtube.com conspiracystuff stuff. You can also get in touch on Twitter at the handle at conspiracy stuff.
0: each
1: visit live concertweek
0: slash concert week to buy now that's live concertweek slash concert week to buy now
2: attention true crime enthusiast searching for a way to unwind after
0: diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night. Look no further introducing Lazarus naturals your trusted companion for CBD relief.